This call may be recorded or transcribed.
Okay. Good morning. Good morning. I am your host, Humble Al. Good morning. Good morning. Good morning. Good morning. Good Amen. 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 Praise God. Praise God. <clears throat> All right. Praise God. Good morning, everyone. Good morning, everyone. Hello. My name is Humble Al, and I'm your host. Thank you for joining us here on Declare Fickertree. We are a prayer call that meets Monday through Friday, starting at 6 a.m. Pacific time. 8 a.m. Eastern time. Good morning. Good morning. Go ahead and let the people greet just for a little bit, and then you start okay, that okay. Um, in a few yes, more ma'am. minutes. Yes, you ma'am. on it, though. Good morning, Miss Rochelle. Good morning. Good morning. Good morning. Good morning. Good morning. Good morning, sister. Good morning. Good morning. Hey, good morning. Good morning. Great morning. All right. Good morning, brother. Good morning. Good morning. It's Susie. Good morning. Good morning. Good morning. Good morning. Great morning. Fantastic morning. God morning. <laughs> God morning. Great morning. Good morning, my yay area warriors. Go. Good morning, but you're going to have to do better than that. Hey, um, humble Al, what a way to greet the day. <laughs> oh, I can greet. I'm just trying to give people the time. If you want me Are to greet, I'm a leader team. Lead the teams off of it on the prayer call. Amen. Jesus' name. All right. Dee do don't right. do my brother like that. <laughs> keep keep it going right. now. I'm a guest. Don't mean no harm. You know I I'm have to give it to you. It's good. It's good. No worries. Praise God. Praise God. <laughs> a guest in the mix. Praise the Lord. Good morning. This is Georgia. Good morning. Praise the Lord. That's my other half. God bless. All right. Good morning, All right. Ms. Sylvia. Good morning, Miss Sylvia. Praise the Good Lord. Good morning, Miss Sylvia. Good morning. Good morning. Great morning. Good morning. Great morning. Good morning. This is JC. Good morning, JC. Can I ask for prayer, please? Yes, ma'am. Okay, this is JC again, and I'm asking for prayer. My daughter had a stroke on the left side of her brain on Tuesday night. So if you guys can just please, please pray for us for healing. I appreciate it. Thank you. Amen. Got it. Praise God. Okay, thank you. 
Praise God. Good morning, God morning. This is your host, Humble Al. Chime in. It's a great day. It's a godly day. Praise the Lord. God is awesome. Hello. Good morning. Great morning. Brother Michael. Good morning, Brother Michael. Hi, this is Sylvia. I have a praise report. My um, stepdad was in the hospital for the past several days, and uh, I was over staying with my mom. Um, praise report is that he was able to come back home yesterday and doing better. Praise God. And I was God. able to come home and get some rest in my own house. I had been gone for five days. <laughs> Praise God. Praise God. God be the glory. Great things he's done. Good morning. It's persistent. Good morning, everyone. Good morning, Persistent. Is this Humble Al? This is Humble Al. I'm your host. Oh, wow. <laughs> Good morning. Good morning. Is this your first time hosting? Uh, in this perspective, yes. Oh, wow. Hope I don't mess up, by the grace of God. <laughs> I think you're going to do just fine. Yes, it's all right if you do. We all had our first time, so God bless you. You do your best. That's it. Good morning. Your energy is amazing, so you got this, bro. We needed some some energy like yours. So just do you, humble Al. All right. Humble Al, we'll do he. Praise the Lord. Good morning, sister Lisa. Happy Friday. God bless everyone on the call. Hey, hey. Happy Friday. Happy day. Praise the Lord every day. God, very, very, great, 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 great. What a mighty God we serve around here. Amen. What a mighty God we serve. The angels bow before him and heaven and earth adore him. What a mighty God we serve. Mm-mm-mm. Praise the Lord. All right, all right. Okay, praise the Lord. We're going to officially get started here. Praise God. Thank you, those who have assist. God be the glory this morning. This is the day that the Lord has made. I will be glad in it. Praise God. Again, hello. My name is Humble Al, and I am your host. Thank you for joining us here on Declare Victory. We are a prayer call that meets Monday through Friday, starting at 6 a.m. Pacific time, 8 a.m. Eastern time, praise God. Excuse me, 8 a.m. Central time and 9 a.m. Eastern time, God be the glory. 
to edify, empower, encourage, and equip you in your walk with Christ. Be sure to continue joining us during the month of June, where our monthly theme is entitled Sanctification, Set Apart. All the questions will focus on the importance of sanctification and being set apart to do and hear the will of God so that you can excuse his plan for you. There is one announcement. There will be no Friday Night Live tonight. Praise God. Well, they give me your time back, so enjoy your time this evening. Shout on to God and let the redeemed say so. Praise God. At this time, we are looking at our prayer requests. We had two call-in prayer requests, two, two, one prayer request and one praise. Uh, prayer for Casey, daughter, had a stroke on her left side, um, praying for her healing. And we had a praise report from Sylvia. Praise God. Her stepdad, who was in the hospital, is now home. And she can also get rest herself. To God be the glory for great things he has done. Amen. The order of this, of this call is prayer and corporate praise. Will be brought by Brother Marcus. The declaration will be brought by Apostle Peter, excuse me, Apostle Pierre. Then we will go right into closing comments, hosted by the declarer. I will repeat the order of the call. Prayer and corporate praise will be brought by Brother Marcus. The declaration will be brought by Apostle Pierre. Then we will go right into closing comments hosted by the declarer. The scripture for today, 1 Thessalonians 5.23. May God himself, the God of peace, Sanctify you through and through. May your whole spirit, soul, and body be kept blameless at the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ. May the Lord add a blessing to the reading and hearing and doing of his holy word. At this time, we will ask you to put your phones on mute until instructed to come off mute. I now pass the call to the prayer warrior. Thank you for your service unto the Lord. God be the glory. Amen. Thank you, Brother Al. Um, just to um, make um, an adjustment, everyone, there is Friday Night Live tonight. Just been an adjustment. Sorry about that. Um, there is Friday Night Live tonight at 6 p.m. Just to let everyone know. All right, let's go into prayer. Father, we thank you. We honor you. We adore you. We lift your name up. We give you all the praise and all the glory, oh God, because of who you are. We love you today. We woke up this morning with our minds stayed on you, with our hearts looking to you, with our eyes looking to the hills from what's coming to our help. Because we know that our help comes from you. So, Lord, we seek your face this morning. We seek your face and not not just your hand. Lord, uh, we come with a gift. 
definitely come with something to give and not just something to get. Lord, we come, God, to give you our praise and to give you our worship, to give you ourselves. We come to offer you ourselves as a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable, God. And we just ask, God, that if we are not where we should be, that you would um, speak to our hearts and allow your Holy Spirit to convict us and help us to change, help us to uh, get cleaned up, wash us, Lord, make us whole, um, clean us up, God, clean up, cleanse our minds and our hearts and our spirits, God, so we can be presentable unto you. God, we open up ourselves to your Holy Spirit, oh God, to guide us, to lead us in the way that we should go. God, thank you for bringing your Holy Spirit. Thank you for sending a comforter that we may have your spirit, oh God. Let your Holy Spirit dwell within us, God, so we can make better choices, so we can make better lives for ourselves, and we can be the examples of who you who who your son was on this earth, Lord. We just bless you and honor you and thank you for everything you've given us, every tool, your word, oh God. Thank you for your word. Thank you for giving us the word of life. And so, God, we come to you now um, also to say thank you for the praise report. God, thank you for the praise report this morning. We are excited to hear that there is healing in the midst. We're excited to hear that you are still able to heal and deliver, to set free. We bless you for it. And we believe, God, that not only did you do it before, but you can do it again. And so, Lord, we are praying uh, for KC, God, who had a stroke. God, you know her body inside and out. You know everything that's going on with her. I pray, God, that you would heal her now. I pray, God, that you would grant her comfort and and um, a road to recovery. And we thank you for it. And we bless you. We believe you for it. We believe you for a speedy recovery. Most importantly, God, that you would restore um, her back to herself. God, we thank you, God, that you're starting on, on it right now. We believe you now, even as we pray, even as we lift up our voice. God, we believe you for miracles and blessings as you've always done. And so, Lord, you said all that we sh- we have to do is ask. Ask what we will and believe it by faith. And you would grant us what we request. So, Lord, we, we set this request at your feet. God, that you may know what's in our hearts, God. God, not for our own selfish gain, but God, so that you can get the glory out of it all. And so, Lord, even if it takes a minute for it to take place, God will praise you all the way to the victory. We'll praise you all the way to the deliverance. We'll praise you all the way to the healing. Um, um, We also send up a prayer, a prayer request, God, a prayer for all of those families that are hurting right now. 
those that have experienced a death in the family or some sickness or some division, I pray, God, that you would bless and heal right now. God, that you would comfort those grieving hearts from the loss of a loved one. God, that you would bring the families closer together, that you would bind them, God, together in harmony and unity and love. We know that you're able to do it. We know, God, that you can restore, and we believe you for restoration right now. God, we're praying for that married couple that is on the brink of divorce, that's thinking of taking it to the courthouse. I pray, God, that you would instead lead them to your house, Oh, God, bless them in their own house so they can make their house your house. We pray, God, that you would allow them to see what it is uh, that you are able to do in their marriage. And we thank you for it even now. I rebuke the spirit of the enemy that comes to divide and conquer and, 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 and pull apart. God, I believe you, that you are more than able um, to bless and to deliver and to set free. God, we're praying uh, for all of our unsaved loved ones right now. God, that you would save them now. God, that you would bless them now. God, that you would deliver them now. God, that you would give them a mind to give their lives over to you. And we believe you and we trust you now. God, no matter how hard it may seem, we know that you're able to save. God, if you can save a wretch like me, God, surely you can save anybody. And God, so we believe you, oh God. We trust you, oh God, to save right now. God, help us to keep um, our, our hearts set on outreach um, and to sharing our testimonies with those that are around us. God, so they can see that it, that you've done great things for us and you can do the same for them. God, thank you for not being a respecter of persons. God, that uh, God that anyone may come and receive your love and receive your mercy and re- receive your guidance, God, uh, kindness. And most importantly, God, anyone can receive you as their savior. And we believe it even now. We trust you even now, God, that you will save, that you will change lives, that you will um, save souls, and we bless you. Do it through us. Use us. Speak through us. Walk through us. God, help us to, to live that example that people would want to live like, that people would want to talk like, that people would want to um, uh, uh, follow and we thank you for it. We bless you for it. God, I lift up a prayer for our pastors right now. God, I pray for that struggling pastor. God, that pastor that is dealing with some issues and, and challenges and doesn't know how to get through. God, I pray that you would uh, grant that pastor some deliverance. God, that you would grant the pastor uh, uh, a strategy, an idea, or something that would inspire them to keep going. God, something that would give them peace in the midst of the storm, and we believe you for it. We thank you for it even now. God, even if it means they might need to take a break for a while, go on a vacation, I pray, God, that you would grant them the opportunity to do that, that they may be able to rest themselves and come back with a fresh mind and a fresh heart and fresh ideas. And we thank you for it, and we praise you for it. God, I just also lift up those who are struggling with their own personal lives. God, 
singles uh, right now in the name of Jesus. Anybody else who may be struggling with um, staying on the path, God, I rebuke the spirit of suicide right now in the name of Jesus. I bind it in the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. God, I, I just pray, God, for that person that is thinking of giving up and calling it quits. God, that you would give them a renewed sense to know that they can still go a little bit further. God, that they can push a little bit further, that they can walk a little bit further, encourage their hearts. God, lift them up even now, and we believe you and we trust you for it. God, we know that you're more than able. You are more than able. Able doesn't even describe what you are, God, but we'll just use able for now and try to find other words that might bring it out. God, but we know, God, we we know that everything we say, you are greater than all those words. God, we just call you Abba, our Father. We call you great and mighty King. We call you awesome one. We call you King of Lion of Judah. We call you King of Kings and Lord of Lords. We call you Hosanna. We call you our Savior. We call you our Redeemer. We call you our Protector. We call you our Provider. We call you our Healer. We call you. We call you because you are everything, everything that we've ever needed. You're everything that we ever wanted. God, even when we didn't realize that you were there, thank you for being there. Thank you, God, for being there. God, even when we didn't want you there, you were there. Thank you for covering us, protecting us, keeping us, God. Even when we tried to just destroy ourselves, we thank you, God, that you kept us in perfect peace, that you kept us uh, with our uh, feet going the right direction. We praise you. We honor you. We adore you. We lift you up this morning. God, we thank you. We bless you. We we we, we uphold your, your just the praise of who you are. God, we love you today. We honor you today. And God, as we take our phones off mute, we just want to give you praise. We just want to give you glory. We want to give you honor. We're going to give you all the glory. We're going to give it all to you. Because you deserve it, God. You deserve it. You Thank you, Lord God. 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 Thank you, Lord God.
Good morning, family. How are you guys doing on this Good God Friday? I want to just bless each and every one of you. Thank you once again for um, just having me on, just for being on, just for having the consistency to uh, join these prayer calls. They are so powerful. And to Dion, thanks sis, for having me on again. Uh, it's always good to be with you guys. Um, every time we have these encounters, God always allows my life to reflect what's going on um, with the things. So I think that uh, I think that sometimes I get set up with these prayer calls because I believe that God allows me to go through what it is that he wants me to declare over you guys. So this month's theme is set apart, sanctification. So we're going to go to a very familiar passage of scripture. Uh, we're going to go to 1 Samuel chapter 16. Um, very familiar story. It's about David being chosen as king, but I want to focus on a few key scriptures, which we're not going to go through all of them. Uh, but let's look at verse number one. And we're going to go down to verse number, I want to say, let's go to verse number four. Um, it says, the Lord asked Samuel, how long will you mourn over Saul now that I have rejected him as king of Israel? Fill a flask with oil, with olive oil, and go, for I'm sending you to Jesse in Bethlehem because I've appointed one of his sons to be king. I've set apart one of his sons to be king. How can I go, Samuel asked. When Saul hears about it, he will kill me. Then the Lord said, take a heifer with you and say, I've come to sacrifice to the Lord. Invite Jesse to sacrifice. I will reveal to you what you should do, and, when, and you will anoint one for me, the one that I point out to you. And Samuel did what the Lord told him, and when he came to Bethlehem, the leaders of the city, trembling with fear, greeted him and said, may peace be with you. And so I just want to talk for a minute. Um, <laughs> I've been chosen above the rest. I've been chosen above the rest. Um, most of the time when we look at our lives and we look at where we are, it seems like um, we know what we're called to do. And so this uh, declaration this morning is not going to be reminding you that you're set apart because we already know that. I want to deal with the obstacles that we have to face with being set apart. And so we know that we're set apart. We know that God has called us before the foundations of the world. We find that all through scripture. We find that all through the word in Jeremiah 1 and 5. God told Jeremiah, before you were formed in your mother's womb, I knew you. And before you were born, I sanctified you and ordained you a prophet unto the nation. And so we already know that there are some things that God has already set us apart to do. When you look at Moses, he chose Moses. He sent Moses into the enemy's camp. He sent Moses to actually be one of the head people in the place where he was going to deliver the people from. He sent him before them. Uh, when you look at Joseph, he, he set Joseph apart. When you read, I believe it's Genesis 38, and then Joseph revealed to his brothers who he was. He said, don't think that you did this to me, for it was not you, for it was God who sent me before you to save your life. When you look at Jesus, Jesus came and he was set apart for this purpose to redeem us. And so we, we know that God is a God that will set uh, people apart and that will have a ram in the bush. But what happens when the ones that is set apart have to face the obstacles? What, would the, what are the obstacles that we have to face in being set apart? Some of the obstacles that we have to deal with is we have to deal with facing our place, person that we're replacing. 
And so here it is. We, we see that the prophet Samuel, and that's a whole other story in itself. Um, when we look at Samuel, Samuel's mother, Hannah, she prayed. She prayed for a son in the midst of her oppressor, in the midst of the one that was teasing her, Penina. And so she said, God, if you just give me a son, I'll give him to you for the rest of his days, and no razor will come to his head. And so now we see the prayers the set-apart one that God gave her. We see him in function. We see him in operation. And so the Lord said to Samuel, how long are you going to mourn over Saul that I have rejected him as king over Israel? Fill a flask with oil and go, for I'm sending you to Jesse in Bethlehem because I've selected one of his sons to be king. The very first thing that we have to understand is if we're going to be set apart, we cannot be afraid of their faces. If I'm going to be set apart in this season, I cannot be afraid of their faces. And so with Samuel, Samuel, as I said before, he was given to God by his mother because his mother was not supposed to have children. And so his mother prayed. And because she prayed and God answered her, she said that he will serve you for the rest of his days. And so we have to understand that if we're set apart, the first thing that we have to do is recognize what we've been anointed for. Know what you've been anointed for. Know what you've been anointed to do. Know who you've been sent to. And don't be afraid of the opposition that's going to come to you. And so if Saul would have found out that Samuel went to anoint his replacement, he would have been killed instantly. There are some of us on the line that God is saying, hey, in this season, the reason I have to keep you hidden is because I'm going to use you to usher in the next dispensation of leaders. I'm going to use you to be the next leader. I'm going to use you to be the next entrepreneur. So I have to hide you. I have to set you apart. And so this brings us to our story. Here we see David. It's in a house full of brothers. And when you begin to read this story all the way through uh, 1 Samuel chapter 16, we begin to see that not only did uh, Samuel have to go and anoint David, but David was nowhere to be found when Samuel showed up. He was nowhere to be found. All of his other brothers looked apart. Let, let's dive into this. It says, um, in verse number five, greetings, he replied, I have come to sacrifice to the Lord, perform the ceremonies to make yourselves holy and come with me to the sacrifice. The only way that you're going to be able to enter into the operation of what God is anointing in this season is to make yourself holy. We have to make ourselves holy, which means that there are certain things that we see other people getting away with that we won't be able to get away with. Why? Because we're set apart. One of the things that happened to me even this week that uh, it was so minute, it was so minor that I couldn't get away with. I went to Walmart, and while I'm in Walmart, I was in a rush. I was so upset. I was ready to go. And so I had some things to do. It was a lot of hell going on in my family. So I was like, yeah, I'm going to just go get this stuff. I'm coming in Walmart. I'm going out of Walmart. I'm not getting anything extra. And so I walked out of Walmart, and I had everything that I needed, and I took my cart. And I put everything in my car, and I left my cart next to my car, and I got in the car, and the Holy Spirit said, get out of the car, take the cart, and I want you to take it back to where it belongs. Put it in the cart portal. And I was like, but everybody else left their cart there? He said, yeah, that's not you. You're not everybody else. And so he made me not only take my cart back to the cart portal, but he made me take it to the one that was a little further. And the reason is because if we're going to be set apart, not only do we have to understand how to follow directions, but we have to understand the consequences of us not doing what we were told in the first place. 
We cannot fit in. You were created not to fit in. You were not created to be normal. I remember praying the prayer and said, I just want to be normal. Why can't I be normal? And when I woke up, I believe I shared this on the line before. When I woke up, the next day I didn't hear anything. The next day I'm praying and I don't feel anything. I'm praying for a week and asking God stuff, and it's not like my normal routine. I usually can hear the Lord say something or feel the Lord's presence around me. And I said, God, what's going on? And his reply back to me was, normal people can't hear me. You have to understand that when we are set apart, when we are called, when we are sanctified unto God, when we are consecrated unto God, there are certain things that normal people are not going to be privy to. And so if I'm going to be sanctified, if I'm going to be set apart, I have to understand that my life is going to be totally different. I have to understand that the things that God is calling me to do, the things that God is positioning me to do are going to be totally different. They're going to be out of the norm. And so he says, hey, Come with me. If you're going to come with me, make yourselves holy and come with me to the sacrifice. So he performed the ceremonies for Jesse and his sons and invited them to the sacrifice. When they came, he saw Eliab and thought, certainly this is the Lord's presence. Certainly here in the Lord's presence is his anointed king. But the Lord so said, don't look at his appearance and how tall he is because I have rejected him. God does not see humans as humans look at the outward appearance, but the Lord looks at the heart. Here's point number two. If I'm going to be set apart, I have to make sure that my heart is right. When I'm set apart, I have to make sure that my heart is in the posture to where I can hear and feel everything that God feels. I cannot afford to allow myself to be in a place where I think that – for lack of a better way of saying it, that my looks will get me off. I can't just look anointed. If I'm set apart, I can't just act anointed. I can't just feel the presence of God when I'm in the key of C. I can't just feel the presence of God when, when there's a bump going. I can't just feel the presence of God when I want, when I want him to answer my, my, my prayers. I can't just uh, conjure up, thank you, Holy Spirit, I can't just conjure up a feeling just because I want God to move. If I'm going to be set apart, my heart has to be postured in the presence of God all the time. And so God said, I rejected him. Then Jesse called Abinadab and brought him to Samuel. But Samuel said, the Lord has not chosen this one either. Then Jesse called Shammah and said, come to Samuel. And the Lord has not chosen this one either, Samuel said. So Jesse brought seven more of his sons, and Samuel told Jesse, the Lord has not chosen any of these. Are these all of your sons? And he said, they're still the youngest one. Jesse answered, he's tending the sheep. Samuel told Jesse, go get him. Send someone to get him. We won't, get, we won't go any further until he gets here. So Jesse sent for him. And he had a healthy complexion. He was attractive in the eyes. And he had a handsome appearance. And the Lord said, go ahead and anoint this one. He is the one. And he took a flask of oil and anointed David in the presence of his brothers. And the spirit of the Lord came over David and stayed with him from that day on. And Samuel left for Ramah. Listen, if we're going to be set apart, we have to be found working. David was tending the sheep. David was the chosen one all along 
but he didn't even know that a sacrifice of preparation was going on. He didn't even know that God had sent someone to call him out of that place. We have to understand when we're set apart, focus on the assignment. Focus on what you're called to do. And when an appointed time will come, someone will come and they will bring you out. Why? Because you've been prepared. It's my personal belief that while David was in the field, David was playing. He was playing the harp. He was watching the sheep. He was protecting the sheep. He was grooming the sheep. So he was already being prepared to, uh, to rule the kingdom. He was already being prepared to tend to God's people. When I'm set apart, I'm already working, even if nobody's watching, because it becomes normal to me. Some of us on the line have given up the hope of being set apart. Some of us on the line, and I know normally uh, I'm the one that's uh, encouraging, but listen to me. Some of us on the line have given up the desire to be set apart because it requires too much. I've been there. Sometimes I'm still there. But here's the thing. David was the afterthought. I think I preached this on the line too. David was the afterthought. Everybody was invited to the sacrifice, but they left David in the field. What are you saying, Apostle Peter? This is what I'm saying. I'm saying that there are some people that you will see get pulled out of the background and pushed to the forefront before you. There are some people that you will see, and it seems like everything is working for their favor, working in their favor and working for their good before you. There are some people that you will see elevated before you, but you have to understand that you've been set apart, and the oil will not run until you get called into the room. That's the thing. We have a lot of people that are doing so many things right now, but the oil has not been released on them yet. It wasn't until David got in the room. If you pay attention to what was said, Samuel said, we won't go any further until he gets here. You've been set apart just like that. There are some people that cannot go any further until you step into the fullness of who God has called you to be. There are some people who will not advance. There's some ministries that will not take off until you step into the fullness of who God called you to be. Why? Because you're the answer. God had rejected Saul. Saul was the king that the people wanted, but David was the king that God chose. I come to let you know today that you're the David. You're the one that God chose. You're the one that's going to restore worship. You're the one that God can choose because you are the one that's after his heart. You're not the one that the people put up. You're the one that God said, I can set this one apart for me because I know this one won't abandon me. I know this one won't abandon the assignment. I know this one will remain loyal. I know this one will remain consecrated. I know this one will not try to get my glory. I know this one is the one that, that, will, that will stay in my presence to hear what I'm saying. They've been set apart. They spent time with me. When you look up the definition of, of, of set apart, it means to be put to the side for a special purpose. Put to the side for a set purpose. It says to separate something or to keep it 
for a special purpose. You wonder why you haven't lost your mind because you've been set apart. God is keeping you for a separate purpose, for a special purpose. There's something inside of you. There, there, there's many people that are waiting and they're saying, hey, listen, uh, I, we can go to the TDJ conference and get delivered. And they're like, no, nah, I'm waiting. I'm waiting for a guy named Apostle Pierre. I'm waiting for a woman named Krishanda. I'm waiting for Tim. I'm waiting for David. There are a group of people that have been assigned to you that you've been set apart for that only you can deliver. What are you doing while you're in the field? What are you doing while you're in the field? What are you doing while you're in the field? Are you worshiping? Set apart. I can't just be set apart and, and, and not prepared. Think about that. If you're making a cake and, and, and the instruction says preheat the oven to 350 degrees and you got everything out for this cake, but you forgot to preheat the oven, the oven has not been prepared. But then you just take all the ingredients and you mix them up and you put that cake in the oven without the oven being on. It's not going to be a reaction. It's just going to be sitting batter. But when the oven's been prepared and the ingredients have been mixed together, the combination of the mixed ingredients and the heat from the oven causes something good to happen. Where are you at in your process? Are you just still waiting on the counter to be processed or are you are you heated? Have you been set apart? Some of us are even asking, am I worthy enough to be set apart? My answer to you is yes. You have been set apart for a purpose. Yeah, but it, it doesn't feel good. Listen, Apostle yeah. Pierre understands that. But Romans 8 and 28 says this, and we know that all things work together for the good of them that are called and chosen. You have to understand that all of these things are working together because you're set apart. If you wasn't set apart, it's just for a special purpose. If you wasn't set apart, it's it's just like being um, how can I put the Holy Spirit? It's just like being a paper plate. Everybody else in the room is is waiting to be served on China, and then all of a sudden you say, "No, we go we go get the kids." I used to get mad at that when I was younger, because it'll be Thanksgiving dinner and they'll feed us off of paper plates, but then everybody else is eating off of glass plates in China because that had been set aside for the quote-unquote special people or for the grown-ups. Your paper plate days are over. I don't know who that's for, but your paper plate days are over. You've been set aside because God is about to serve you to some special people. And when they encounter you, the presentation is going to be amazing because you spent time in the presence because you've been set apart, because you've been 
sanctified, because you've been consecrated, because you've been worshiping, because you've been praying, because you refuse to give in, because you refuse to settle, because you refuse to sell out. God is about to do something in you and with you. Hear me, I, I know this is not how I normally teach declarations, but I come to prophetically speak to you this morning. Stay set apart because God is about to pull you off the shelf and he's about to use you. You're the one that the oil is going to flow for. You're the one that the oil is flowing for in this season. I know you saw everybody else, and every time they passed by, God said, nope, that's not the one. I want that one. I want that one. I want that one that's been prepared. I want that one. And I challenge you to go and look at the process of even making glass. It has to go through a beating. It has to go through a fire. But then when it comes out and it's cooled down, it's so pretty. And so God is saying, I set you apart because I'm about to use you. What good is a vessel that hasn't been through a process? Be set apart. Actually, what, what the word says is it says be separated. There's some, there's some people and some things that I'm learning this in my personal life right now. There's some people that even God is calling us to be set apart from. He's saying, yeah, you can't get too familiar in this season. Can't get too friendly with them in this season because I got to send you back to them and they got to be able to see the difference. They got to be able to know that you've been marked by me. So my challenge to us this morning is to position ourselves and remain set apart because we never know when the time for the oil to flow is coming. We never know when Samuel is going to show up and say, hey, now's the time. You have to get ready because God is sending you to, to replace Saul. The thing about this story that I love is after Samuel came to anoint David and after David was anointed, the very first thing he had to do was go and minister to the one he was about to replace. It says that there was the evil spirit sent by God upon Saul, and Saul said, bring me a minstrel who's cunning and plain and skillful in his craft. The reason you had to be set apart was because God had to shape you in order for you to minister to your replacement. He had to begin to keep you in a place where he made you skillful in what it is that you're called to do. So when you go and minister, you'll be effective. Be set apart, be sanctified, and allow God to finish the process. That's my declaration today, guys. I'm sorry it wasn't spooky deep. Well, no, I'm not sorry it wasn't spooky deep. But that's what God is calling for in this season. He said, I'm ready to use you, but I need to know that you understand who you really are this season. Any questions, comments, concerns? Anybody want to say good morning? How y'all doing? What y'all feeling? What's your takeaway? Talk to me. Good morning, it's Sunshine. Hey, Sunshine. Good morning, morning, Leon. Thank you for that decoration. 
I'm sorry, say that one more time. Your phone was cutting out. Leomia, um, thank you for the decoration. Oh, you're welcome. Bless you. Hello, uh, this is Monique from Hamilton, Canada, and I just saw your your post on um, Instagram, and I came on, and I think it was just the perfect timing. I caught 10 minutes of the last 10 minutes, and this has blessed me so much. Hi, Pierre. That's my Canadian family. (laughs) Hi, everyone. Oh, Pierre, thank you so much. Oh, it was just I literally went on my Instagram and there you were. And I'm like, I want to hear, because I always get excited when I see your posts. And I'm so happy I came on, even with the last 10 minutes. Wow, bless you. Thank you so much for joining me in. Mm-hmm. Anybody else? Good morning, Apostle mm-hmm. Pierre. Happy Favorite Friday. It's Rochelle. Great, 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 great share. Hey, what's up, Rochelle? Thank you so much. Good morning, Apostle. It's Krishanda. Happy Friday. God bless you. I love you so. Hey, Krishanda. Love you too. Good morning. Great declaration. It's Monica. Hey, Monica. Thank you so much. Good morning. Go ahead. Good morning. This is Juanita. I didn't get to hear um, most of your declaration, but I will go back and listen to the playback. But what I did hear, thank you for your declaration. You're welcome. Bless you. Good morning, Apostle. This is Gloria's Gloria. Thank you for the declaration. I thank God for the resounding message of don't worry about what it looks like. God is absolutely ordering things and and has placed you where he wants you to be at. God bless you. Thank you so much. Yes, thank you. Bless you. Hey, Apostle. It's Dee Dee all from Awesome Word on this morning and got me back into that assignment when I took spiritual warfare. You better check that heart posture, too. Thank you, sir. You always come, and like you said, it's not your normal teaching, but it's necessary. Love you, man of God. Love you, too. Thank you, Pastor Pierre. Thank you for the word. You're welcome. Bless you. I actually have a question uh, before anybody else says uh, good morning, um, and anybody can join in, uh, can chime in on this question. My question is, uh, when it comes to being set apart, what do you think is the thing that makes us fearful? of being set apart or what is what is the fear of sanctification like what what is the number one fear that we have or that we face when it comes to being set apart or being sanctified losing people oh sorry no it's okay go ahead losing connections with those that are familiar to us um um for 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 you know going towards the unfamiliar even though the unfamiliar knowingly is much greater and something that um we desire i think the the fear for 
myself had been um, just losing the familiarity, even in this uh, place that I'm in right now. Um, definitely in that transition mode, but I'm more so coming out of it, more so on the side of Christ. And I just see even the separation that happens with my immediate family, uh, even mm. my uh, my parents. You know, I wasn't raised in church, and now I've married a man of God, and that's the direction that my life is going in. But it opened my eyes to how, uh, you know, how it, it is creating a, a, a bit of a separation in, in my family. And I have, and you know, the Bible says that even when your mother and your father forsake you, I will still be there. And I'm, I'm walking through that now. And, um, you know, we pray for them and, uh, that's really all I can do. I mean, I, I, we can share the gospel with them, but more so, you know, people listen with their eyes. And so, you know, we just walk it as best we can. But for me, that fear has been, um, you know, losing the, the the separation that comes between you and your, your my loved ones. Yeah, I've, I've definitely been there. I've experienced that. Uh, one of the things that I that can help that that I believe can help you that actually helped me was to understand. Uh, looking at Joseph, once again, I, I alluded to it earlier, looking at Joseph, Joseph's brothers did not understand the grace that was on his life. And because they didn't understand the grace that was on his life, just by him sharing his dreams, they sold him into slavery. He went through this whole process. But when famine hit the land, when when there was a dire need for his grace, when they start seeing what he was saying had come to pass and they came and showed himself, he said, don't be angry with yourselves thinking that you did this to me for it wasn't you, but it was God who sent me before you to save your life. I don't get upset about the separation or the familiarity anymore because I believe that it's a process that has to happen in order for their lives to be spared. And so what God has to do sometimes is move us out of the situation because we're too close. I know for me, when it comes to my family, even what I'm dealing with right now with them, I'm too close. And I always want to come to their rescue. I always want to run to their rescue. And so sometimes I'll say, no, I'm going to allow them to reject you too in order for them to see me through you. And so how, like you said, people see more with their eyes. They, they they understand more with their eyes. And so the way they see me trust God has now brought a level of faith in them. And so me being set apart, it's also me being mature enough to know when to assist and when to know, hey, nope, that's a God fight. I'm not getting in that. So I that's that's a great point. That is a great point. Anybody else? That's uh, Krishanda. Hello. I'm sorry. Okay, let's go with Krishanda and then the second person that was speaking after her. Okay. Um, I, I think I was going to say similar to what the person said just before, um, the isolation and um, <laughs> at times it's like, okay, I'm not crazy. Did I really hear that? So um, uh, making uh, being concerned about um, what you hear is different from other people. So um, that you're hearing correctly, that you're not just in, in your head. Um, and um, yeah, I think that's what I want to say about that. So isolation and that you're hearing um, correctly. 
Okay. So I'll speak to that. Isolation is going to happen. And there's a difference between um, aloneness and loneliness. Um, God normally calls set-apart people to a season of aloneness where he wants us to himself. And I like to call that prophetic incubation. It's when God won't allow anybody else on the outside to touch you. You know how a baby is an incubator <clears throat> and they have the hose on the side and they can, only sanitized hands can reach in. And it's the same thing with us. He will put us in a place where only where only uh where only sanitized hands can come in, where only certain people are able to handle us because they spent that time in the presence. And then sometimes he'll put us apart to make us the ones that are the sanitized hands, that we can only deal with certain people. And then the other thing about hearing correctly, um, one thing that helps me is to understand this. The enemy will never say anything that's going to empower anybody. He will never make us do anything that's going to make anybody move forward. So nine times out of ten, if it sounds crazy and it's going to make somebody feel better, it's God. The Mm. thing that we have to do is begin to process, how do I do this? Mm. Because most of the time, um, and for those of you, I think, Krishana, yeah, you were in my prophetic class, in my prophetic training, and I've said this before, that um, whenever we hear God say something, I used to tell my clients to – well, my students to prophesy, and if they wait longer than six seconds, I tell them to repent, and I tell mm-hmm. them to go back. And the reason I tell them to repent is because it takes our mind six seconds to rationalize whether or not it's the voice of God or whether it's us. And by the time we begin to try to overanalyze it, we've already missed God because we've talked ourselves out of what God has already said. Yeah. So I, I encourage you just to move on what God has said and, and just be that sanitized hand. God bless you. In, bless you. Anybody else? Yes, uh, Apostle Pierre. Uh, I was just going to say, um, is, uh, sticking with, with family, uh, I have the same kind of issue even with dealing with my brother, and it's like, it comes to me that separation is necessary for restoration, and the restoration is for them because when you there, you're trying to feed them, you're trying to feed them, trying to feed them, uh, it's not registering. But when you are apart from them and there's space between, that's when the Holy Spirit does his best work. You know, we gotta, mm-hmm. he got to move up so he can do his will. We got to get out of his way so God can make his move and he can do the restoration. He can do delivery and consecrate. Yeah, uh, man, that that says a lot right there. I remember when God told me to move to Atlanta, and I didn't want to come here. I didn't want to come to Atlanta. The very first thing that God told me after I got here was, He said, "Repent, you owe me an apology." And I said, "Well, God, what did I do?" And He said, "Because whenever your family needs you, you're there." And I said, "Well, I'm supposed to be, because I'm supposed to be there." And He said, um, yeah, but you never point them to me. Every time they call you, you have the answer or you work out the answer for them. He said, you never point them to me. He said, so in their mind, you've become their God because you always have the answer. And so they never talk to me for themselves because you always have the answer. He said, and so I'm jealous. And so I have to move you away before I have to kill you because you have, it, you have become their God. And so we have to be careful about that, too, because there's some times that 
God don't want us to give the answer to people. He wants us to point them to him. And we say, oh, this is what you need to do, and da, da, da. And then they come to us week after week and month after month and day after day because we have the answer. And, yes, we're graced to do it. But there are certain times where God would tell us to be quiet, and because our hearts are so big, we'll always have the answer for them. So that's a, that's a great point. That is a great point. Anybody else? Good morning, Apostle. This is Rochelle. I'll go after Priscilla. Okay. Oh, thank you, Rochelle. Appreciate that. Just, um, Apostle Pierre, just now is one of the things that concerns me. A lot of things you've already answered, and I don't want to miss the assignment. I don't want to miss God. But I've been um, looked over and passed over and taken the back seat probably comfortably um, for quite some time. And it was a perfect example just just now because the very first person that jumped in, I, I, I was with her too, who wanted to speak with you. And I said, go ahead, because I've always had that verse in my, in my head, consider other people first. So I just go ahead, you go ahead, move, go ahead. And so, but I've been trying to get in and I'm always pushed aside. And this happened four times. And I'm not saying, and it's okay, but I tend to, take that seat and get quiet and still. And I've been set apart for quite some time. Um, and, but I don't want to miss God right now. There's something that's brewing inside of me where I don't want to miss him. I don't, I'm studying. I just don't, I just don't want to miss the assignment. And um, I, I've been told I am not that quiet one. I've been told that, that that's not you, but yet that's always the position that I, I take in my church, wherever I am. Um, I'm always letting someone else go ahead. And um, that's, my, that's my biggest fear. My biggest fear right now is that I don't want this time to be wasted, that the Lord has definitely set me apart. Yeah, I have the same issues with the family. I have the same issues um, that all of, uh, that everyone is in general has talked about, um, and when you this this particular teaching resonated so much with me um, that it confirmed that I'm set apart. It confirmed that this is the time that the Lord has set me apart. I even questioned that, at, but I'm not lonely. I'm alone. But I'm not lonely at all. Actually, I look forward to coming home and being with the Lord. I look forward to spending time with Him. Um, but anyway, hopefully that makes sense. No, it does. It does. And so uh, there's a few things that I want to say to you. Uh, number one, the very first thing I want to say is what you're experiencing is, is totally normal. Most people that are set apart uh, find comfort in what they do. David was comfortable in the field with the sheep. He was comfortable. His brothers were presented before Samuel. And, and so they, they were like, yeah, you know, it has to be me. But I, I always tell people this, this is the example that I get. Saul was the people that, was the king that the people chose. Saul was anointed with a flask of oil. He was anointed with oil that was in a jar. But David was anointed with a horn of oil that had to be cut out. It had to be carved out. It had to be boiled. It had to be prepared. Then the oil had to go in it. And so 
the, even for the oil to flow, the oil had to go through a process to get to his head. What are you saying? This is what I'm saying. Most people that are set apart, we're comfortable allowing others to go forward because we're, we're patient, yes, but we also have that fear of missing out. We also are the ones that were overlooked. Last time I preached on the line, I, I want to say a couple of months ago, I preached on the blessing of being an afterthought. That was one of the most profound revelations the Lord gave me because my friends had, they were planning this trip or whatever, and I found out about it. And they were like, you could come. And I was like, nope, I'm not coming. I'm an afterthought. Y'all thought about me later. Now y'all going to tell me I can come? Nope, I don't even want to come to get y'all this and that. And when I said that to them, the Lord said, no, there's a blessing of being an afterthought because David was the afterthought. But he was the one that the oil flowed for. The oil didn't flow for any of his brothers. It flowed for him. And so I want to say to you that this is the season that although you feel like you are the afterthought or you are looked over, you're not. God's eyes are gazing towards you. And so even now, uh, I just want to pray for you. What's your name one more time? My name is Priscilla, but they call me Persistent Priscilla. Persistent, Priscilla. Persistent. And Father, in Jesus' name, I thank you for your daughter. I thank you for Priscilla, God. I thank you for her persistence in pursuing you. Father, this is the season, Father, that you are going to begin to release her. Father, I decree and declare that even those around Priscilla in this hour, Father, their eyes will be open. Father, I command even the eyes of her leaders to be open in the church. I command the eyes of even those that are working with her to be open, that they will see the gift inside of her, that they will see her abilities, that they will see, Father, everything that she has that can be a benefit to what it is that they're doing. But Father, even as they see the benefit, I bind the hand of manipulation. I bind the hand of them tipping her gift. In Jesus' name, Lord, I decree and declare that there will be a boldness inside of Priscilla, Father, that she will be persistent in speaking up or defending herself. Or Father, that she will not be silent when, when she sees things that are out of order. But Lord, I speak that there will be a boldness and the courage that rises in your daughter, Priscilla. Father, I decree and declare that, God, even in this season, as you begin to pull her to the forefront, Father, let there be no, no doubt. Let there be no fear. Let there be no shame. But, Father, I thank you that you're going to push her to the forefront mm -hmm. and she will be persistent in the things of you. Now, God, I go all the way back on her bloodline. And, Father, I shut down every door of inferiority, Father, where she may feel inferior, where she will begin to back back from doors just because she feels that she's not equipped yet. But Lord, I decree and declare that a time of completion mm -hmm. is hitting your daughter's life in Jesus' name. That Father, you are calling mm -hmm. your daughter to a high place, God, that she will be able to pour herself into others. Lord, we bind the hand of procrastination, Father, from your daughter's life, that yeah. she will not wait for others to go forward, but Father, that she will begin to move in the things Thank of you Lord. swiftly in Jesus' name. Father, I bind the hand of even prophetic manipulation where people have told her that she wasn't ready, that people have told her that that wasn't her gifting, that that wasn't her calling. Father, I speak a prophetic confidence that will rest on your daughter. I decree and declare even over the line. Father, I decree and declare even over the line that all of those that are under the sound of my voice that suffer God from mis being mislabeled. But Father, that even those that have even experienced, Father, church hurt, 
through people denying their gifting, denying their calling because they could not manipulate it, because they could not control it. Father, I speak a deliverance on the line. Father, your word declares that whom the Son set free is free indeed. And so I thank you mm-hmm. that you are releasing freedom. You're releasing liberation because mm-hmm. where your spirit is, there is liberty. And your spirit rests on mm-hmm. all of your sons and your daughters. And Father, I decree and declare that the time and seasons of arrested development where they have been held up is now being broken off of their lives and they are syncopated to your timing and your season. Father, mm-hmm. I release the Issachar grace upon your sons and your daughters mm-hmm. that they will know who they are. Father, I speak to their spiritual DNA. I speak to their identities. I decree and declare, Father, that they will begin to manifest who you said that they are in the earth, Father, without fear, without doubt, Father, without resentment, without contention, without confrontation. But Lord, I decree and declare that even the kingdom of heaven is being extended to them now and purpose is being revealed. In Jesus' name, hallelujah. Amen. Hallelujah. Amen. Amen. Thank you, Jesus. Amen. Hallelujah. Amen. Sister Priscilla, this is Hawaii. Take your take your place, sister. I'm a I'm a bear witness. I was there where you are. God revealed so many things to me through COVID. I have been inspired to write a book, and that didn't come from me. I have been inspired because I am being obedient and claiming what He has told me to do. I am a fisher of men. You hear me? You are a fisher of women. You are a fisher of people. Claim to take your place. You are a child of God. You are part of royalty. Take your place. Take your place, sister. Take your place. Amen. Thank you. Thank you both. Thank you. Glory. Yes. Thank you. Anybody else? Thank you. I am from the years, Rochelle. Hey. I'd like to go after Rochelle, please, Sylvia. Okay. Um, It'll be Dee Dee and then you, Sylvia. Um, I just want to, we just try to set an order to the call just so we're not running together. But Apostle Pierre, you asked a question, and it, it's amazing that you asked that question because one of the things that I have experienced in Set Apart is sometimes we ask questions and we feel like there's no answer or the answer doesn't come about in the time that we think. But I, I ask God a question because sometimes I'm not fearful, but I'm fearful of what would happen when I when my yes becomes uh intentional when it comes to me doing something more to go deeper into him. Um, I remember when I got ordained, my, one of my, my, uh, one of my adult children, my son that passed away was the only one that came to the service. So I was just like, you know, I appreciated that. But then I gave a message um, and the message was what, what it looks like ain't always what it is. I know it's not correct grammar, but the way we live, (laughs) That's mm-hmm. that's just what it is. And um, he ended up, you know, getting killed like a week after that. And I was just like, Lord, really? You know, what what is this about? And and recently, as I took another step and have been going deeper and deeper into him, things have been kind of changing. You know, I, I know what it is when you set apart and things change, like, you know, your family member texts you with, you know, nonsense. You can be like, oh, girl, I'm I'm done with that. I don't have to deal with that. But when it comes to something that's very close to you, like another one of my children, you know, that's depressed. I'm like, boy, we live in this life. What what is you doing? Those are the kind of things when you when for me, when I take another step deeper and launch out, it seems like something changes, and that's my fear of when you're 
set apart. Those are the things that make me kind of be held back and, you know, if you know what I'm saying, kind of halting on things because of the trauma that you experience when your yes is supposed to bring you closer. Yeah. Um, so if you don't mind, I, I can I can speak to that if you don't mind. No, I don't mind. That's why I have. All right. And, and so what, what happens is uh, most of the time, uh, remember how they – how there's a saying, well, how even in scripture it says what the enemy meant for evil, God turned it around for our good, right? And so what happens is you had just released that that powerful word and then the next week your your son your son passed away. And so what the enemy desired to do was to bring a level of trauma to stop you from going forward. And and so that's why that's why when I talk about spirits of arrested development, arrested development comes and it comes to stop you right at one point and arrest your development, stop you from growing. And so what happens is because that happened, now the enemy has made up. Uh, he's tried to set up an ambush in your mind to make you think that whenever you step into something new, there's going to be some level of tragedy or trauma that's attached to it. The counteracting to that is this. Anytime God calls us into something deeper, the enemy has a right to test us to be sure that we're strong enough to evict it. That's why the Bible says, greater is he that's in me than he that's in the world. It's really not, uh, and, and I hate to say it this way, but um, this is the best example that I have. It's really not God calling you to another level. It's God actually pulling you into some message into the manifestation of where you already have dominion. And so, for instance, when you preach, your, when you preach that sermon, it ain't what it looked like. You were already at one level, but God had already created this new place for you. And he's like, hey, she conquered that. Now let me get her here. And now it's the enemy's job to stop you from getting there. And so even with me, my, when you talk about family, I, I've been preaching for 23 years now. And my mother, I love my mother, but in this 23 years of me preaching, my mother has only heard me preach nine times. And But, yeah, I'll see her go and support everybody else. That used to be damaging to me. But now I realize, hey, my grace, and, and, and this is nothing against my mother, but my grace isn't for her. Somebody else has to reach her. And so now I don't have a fear of diving into what's next because now I realize that somebody's deliverance is on the other side of my obedience. And, and so that's the place where, where you have to dive into is, hey, I understand that tragedy comes, but guess what? When you step into this new place, there's a whole other level of armor that you get to conquer whatever tragedy comes. I'm pretty sure after your son passed, you were like, I don't know how I'm going to make it. But look what you're doing now. You're making it. Because there's a whole other armor that comes through the tragedy. So we look at tragedy as, oh, the enemy did this, or, oh, I went through this, and it devastated me. But look at the armor that you got. That's all true. That's all true. And I, I can, um, the Lord is so graceful that he allows a peace to come to me that same night to show me who to look out for, who not to let close to me, you know, um, mm -hmm. how to protect the rest of my family. And Romans 8 and 28 through 39 has a whole new meaning. That is part of my armor. So thank yep. you, Apostle Peter. 
you welcome. Uh, I think it was Didi. Didi, yes. Oh my God, sir. Oh, Michelle, you hit what I was going to speak on because for me, let me try not to. Anyway, it's um, I have felt like the Grim Grim Reaper because I've been so connected to grief and death, and those who have known and heard my stories and I share on Friday Night Live and just know me know that I have lost so many close to me. 2018, my best friend. Sarah, I walked with her through her ovarian cancer, and then my dad died the next year, and then my pops died, my bonus dad died the next year, and just this past Sunday, my beautiful butterfly, Stephanie, 30 years old, took her last breath of breast cancer, and I was always the one to be, like, my heart is so sensitive that I, I, I was in that sickness with them, if that makes any sense, and so really listening to God as to when to go, when to share, when to say, when to... You know what I mean? When to show up. I wasn't always led. With Stephanie, this time last Thursday, we were back and forth. She admitted into the hospital, but that was the norm, Apostle Pierre. She would go in for treatment. They would get her together. She'd get right back out. So that's where my mindset was. I was like, okay, Steph, I'll see you on the, when you come back out this time. But no, Sunday morning, she took her last breath. So I'm trying to wrap my mind around, did I miss something? Because I was praying and we were communicating. But I'm like, no, I'm not, I'm not going to let the enemy make me feel like I should have gone to the hospital, but I couldn't go, if that makes sense. Because, you know, with mm-hmm. COVID and isolation and what she was going to, I couldn't go hold her hand on Thursday, and I did not know she wasn't going to be here on Sunday. So it's like, if we're not careful, and I have battled with the enemy because of what happened when I lost my firstborn son, not looking at him, the enemy tortured me because of that. But God restored that peace. And so if we're not careful in the cares of life, and like Michelle said, when you lose someone, you have to be careful that you don't lose yourself and not mm-hmm. understand the assignment, God's assignment, not your own. Because sometimes we'd be on the wrong assignment. I took a spiritual warfare class, and Pastor put a big old red F on one of those ladies' papers, and she was like, Pastor Brown, why are you giving me that big old red F? He said, because you didn't follow the assignment. So we have to be mindful. And we were really doing what God called us to do, not what we're trying to do. I hope that makes sense. I love you, and thank you so much. Yes. I, um, I, I had that same experience as you, Didi. Um, last year, my best friend, <laughs> my best, best friend passed away, and I saw him on that Thursday. And we were supposed to go away for his birthday for that following weekend. His birthday was on that Monday. We were supposed to go away that, that following Friday. And he called me and was like, hey, you know, I'm still not feeling good, but can you come over and cook for me and make me some soup and bring me some ginger ale? And I did all of that. And when I did it, I went over there, spent time with him, but I had to fly out for work. And he was like, I said, I got to go home and pack, bro. I got to go. He said, hey, can you just spend a couple more hours with me? And I was like, oh, I got to go. But yeah, I will. And I did. And when I got ready to leave. He said, I love you, friend. I said, I love you too, man. I said, so I'll send you the money. We're going to get together. Long story short, uh, I got up that Sunday, called, didn't get an answer because I was trying to pay for the rest of the trip. And my best friend died that Monday on his birthday. He died that morning. So my happy birthday post on Facebook changed 10 minutes later to a rest in peace post. And I was devastated thinking, Man, God, did I miss it? Was I supposed to pray harder for him when I was there? Because I prayed with him before I left. Like, God, if I would have just, you know, stayed with him a little while longer, would he still be here? And here's what the Lord said to me. The Lord said to me, sometimes 
I allow you to have the last talk because it makes their transition easier because they'll feel guilty if they left. And so I was like, huh. And so it's the same thing that I want to say to you. Like, God gives them an option of whether whether they want to go or not. I know some people would be like, no, they don't, and God don't give that option, and you can't control death. Well, Hezekiah did. And, And so what I say to that is there's some things that are out of our control, but there are also some things that God will give us armor for. Even with that happening, with your firstborn, even with the happening with your friend on that Sunday. Now you have a whole other level of armor because now you know how to minister to somebody that's in those situations. Can I tell you what you just said? I'm sorry. I had to run out the preschool. What you just said, God gives you because with Sarah, she would do that. There would be days when we would go walking when she was in remission. And so you just let me, let me have her hurry up. I would always take her alkaline water and stuff like that. I could tell her, I'll see you in a couple of hours. She's like, good. Okay, sis. By the time I go get the water and get back to her house, her whole, like she didn't want to see me. But what you just said cleared that up because it wasn't that she didn't love me, but she was fighting for her own sanity. Does that make sense? And mm-hmm. she didn't want me. She told me, she said, it's more painful when you come because this company our last time. I don't know. So I thank you because you just, like, I'm so light right now. I've been heavy. But that what you just said cleared that up. So I love, man, let me let me go in there with these babies. Thank you so much. <laughs> You're welcome. Anybody else? I forgot yes, who the third morning. person was. Good Sylvia. Okay, hey, Sylvia. Okay. Oh, goodness. I'm sitting here just try, holding, trying to contain these feelings and emotions just from the entire declaration. It's been a while when I had the time not rushing off to work to just take notes and try to capture everything. This whole topic of being set aside. Can you please repeat your question? Uh, my question was when it comes to be set, when it comes to being set apart or sanctified, what is our what is the fear that we deal with when it comes to it? Like what what is the fear that's attached to it? Uh, some people said that the fear is you know what I have to give up. Uh, the fear is not knowing what's coming next. So what, what is the fear that's attached to it? Okay. Um, I've heard someone share about, you know, um, the fear of the, the what comes next because I've noticed that the closer I get, have, the closer I get to God, the deeper I go, the more I ask him, to, you know, to draw me close to him. You know, I always say that the enemy rears his ugly head. But I am so grateful this morning because it's been, that's been kind of disappearing, you know, like, you know, I, I, Sister Lisa Porter is my mentor. And when I asked God to show me my purpose last January, and he led me into chaplaincy, and I was so in awe at all the things that God is doing. And uh, Sister Lisa said, I don't know why you're so surprised and why you're so in awe. God, he already, you've been doing chaplaincy for years as a drug and alcohol counselor or women with HIV AIDS or working with the homeless. He already was preparing you for this. So that set apart, um, you know, going from being the, the, the black sheep, the crackhead, per se, of the family back in the 80s and, you know, having your entire family 
turn against you and just not knowing, you know, but trusting God. I was telling somebody in my covenant group in chaplaincy last week that, you know, that my family and everybody said I was crazy because even in my treatment for addiction, I would be walking around with my Bible and I always was reading the word. I was asking God to deliver me from my addiction all that time. And so my siblings that have shunned me, who shunned me then when I was set apart, they still were like, no, no, no. You know, now you're holier than thou. You're this, you're that. And just recently, I stopped listening. I stopped turning it off. I stopped responding. I kind of distanced myself from them and all of that. And the sister of mine, my older sister, who was the main one, you know, still convicting me for what I suffered from during my addiction is now I was able to stand with her on the other day in my mother's house and hold her hands and pray with her and for her from the loss of her fiance a few weeks ago. And my brother, who said, I was, you know, you're holier than thou, called me on the phone and he said, sis, I'm proud of you. And only reason is because what I'm showing, I'm not telling them anything. I'm just following my purpose, what God has for me. And what I might say on Facebook don't sound like what I used to say. What I say to them don't sound like what I used to say, you know. And as I moved into this house for international students on this seminary campus here in Berkeley, that's when they start calling me, oh, I'm proud of you, I'm this and that. But I'm not doing it for them to be proud of me. Mm -hmm. I'm doing it because this is what God set me apart to do. And so being allowed to just, you know, I, I'm just amazed at God, not what he's doing for me. But just that whole set apart that it wasn't, it was the, the you know, the David story that you told, the, you know, all the obstacles and things that, come up, you know, and getting away, you know, the, of the chosen, facing uh, one another. We're, you know, just being, I, I can't even probably put it in words. It, it's, this was meant for me. This declaration was meant for me. I so oh, appreciate yeah. it. I, I can't even probably put it into words, but it's, it, it's, it's, it's good. Thank you. No problem. Do me a favor, Sylvia. Just lift your hands. I want to um, just pray for you real quick. I really sense the need to pray for you. Father, I, I even lift up your daughter, Sylvia, to you. Father, and I decree and declare, God, that this is the hour that not only, God, have you launched her and have you uh, set her apart and have you even set her in place, God, where she is fulfilling that destiny in which you have called her to. But, Father, now I speak a special prayer, God, that you heal family wounds. In her heart, Father. Father, I thank you that you're pulling the dagger and the sting out of her heart from the family wounds. And, Lord, even as you bring healing to that place, Father, even as she brings healing to families and to people, God, that are dealing with trauma, Father, I speak that you will deal with the trauma of her heart. Father, deal yes. with the deep-rooted wounds, Father, that even the family has inflicted. And, Lord, I speak, decree, and declare that, God, as you begin to heal that place, Father, that she will be the restorator, that she will be the restorer, 
a family, yes, God, that she, because the enemy has desired to use her family against her, Father, I thank you that you're going to use her to wreak havoc and bring families back together, that you're going to use you. her to bring families back to you. And so, Father, I speak to her destiny, and I decree and declare that your glory will flood every area in her life, Father, and that you will continue to bring her family together, that you will continue, Father, to cause her siblings to see her in a new light. And, Father, even through the tragedy of her sister's fiancé passing, Father, even allow them to see the grace, the grace to heal grief, the grace to bring comfort, the grace to bring clarity, the grace to bring salvation, the grace to bring unity, the grace to lift depression. Father, I thank you that you're going to cause them to see these mantles on her. And, Father, they shall run to her. And, Father, that you shall begin to use the entire family in this area, Father, to show restoration and peace in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Thank you so much. I don't know how you know, but they are on their way. We have a family wedding in July, and everybody's oh, wow. coming. We had a big falling out and separation last year, and I've been able to just talk to and minister. Everybody's coming back together. Healing is healing in the land. Thank you. Hallelujah. Anybody else before we go? Pastor Pierre. Yes. Um, through my, um, I always thought it was me um, pushing away from people, um, finding myself um, getting rid of numbers, just not wanting to call nobody, um, staying in my word, reading, and um, I don't do much fasting. I still do it on Wednesday. But I'm also finding myself wanting to just go, wanting to just sell everything in my house and just get away. Um, I have asked the Lord to let me see my son, and he's here and everything. My other son is here. But it's to the point now where, you know, I have tried to minister the word to them and stuff like that, and they're not accepting it. And then um, happened to come home and trying to talk to them about smoking and stuff like that. And it's like it's not doing any good. And now I'm I'm at the point now where I just, I don't want to be around nobody. I just want to go. I, I like the ideal of being in my word and studying stuff like that. But I'm getting this, this feeling that I just need to to go. I'm I'm tired of being around the the smoking and stuff like that. It's like at one time I I thought I needed to be there for my boys, but my 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 spirit I can't keep living in that environment. Much as I keep trying to encourage them, much as I keep saying, you know, stop doing this here, go outside and do it. I'm now at the point now where I love my boys, but I'm tired of being around that environment. I keep reaching out, and I I reach out to different ones in the family. I say a little bit here, and I say a little bit here. I don't know if it's getting into their spirits and stuff like that, but I'm just at the point where I just want to go. I just want to sell everything in my house and just 
go away. Um, I do believe God hear me. There's a certain part, part that I'm trying to get to where when I wake up, I know God is talking to me. And I know that probably comes with more, a little bit more um, fasting because I don't, I know I don't do a lot of fasting, but I do know he talks to me because when I got on the call and asked about how I, why I was immature, I'm in a class now where I can actually read a book talking about being mature and stuff like that. But I just got this feeling within myself that I just need to go. I just need to get away from people and I just need to hear from him. And my set apart is it's not a bad thing, but that's what I'm feeling right now. It's not. So let me do this. Let me give you my office number. And when we get off this call, you can give me a call. Okay. Okay. It's 313. Wait just a minute. I'll get a pen. All right, I'm ready. 313-306-0446. Uh-huh. 313-306-0446. Yes. So when we get off the call, just give me a call because I don't want to say what I have to say in front of everybody. All right. All right. Anybody else? Anybody else going once, going twice, three times? Let me just pray and bless your day. Father, in Jesus' name, we thank you for everything that we have experienced on this call on today. Father, we thank you, God, for freedom. We thank you for liberation. Now, God, we thank you most of all for being set aside for your purpose. I speak blessings over the day of your sons and daughters. I speak, God, that those that are assigned to work with them, by them, and for them will find them and will begin to help usher them into the next dispensation of what it is you desire to do in their life. Father, we speak that your glory will go before them. Father, we speak favor and the mightest touch be their portion. And God, we will give you praise honor and glory in Jesus name we pray amen love you guys and I will see you guys on next time love you all love you have a great day everyone have a great day everyone